Welcome to Mavericks, a pursuit podcast. Scaling a sales team is hard. Pursuit sources top sales talent for thousands of companies. We've seen firsthand the companies that are set up to win and the ones that are bound to fail. But recruiting is only a piece of the puzzle. In each episode, we speak to an industry expert specializing in a unique vertical within the sales motion who's walked the walk and successfully implemented a blueprint that has taken their sales team to the next level. Come get equipped, hear from the best, and level up your sales team. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Mavericks, a pursuit podcast. I'm your host, Carter Hopkins. I'm excited to be with you today, um, broadcasting from our Pursuit HQ. Uh, if you don't know, our team has been operating out of a co-working space over the last eight years. So I started Pursuit um, in a co-working space by myself. We stayed here over the course of the last eight years. And uh, due to the WeWork bankruptcy and some other, other things, we've actually taken over the space uh, starting January of 2024. So all that to say, I'm excited to be talking to you from our new Pursuit headquarters. Uh, happy 2024 overall. Um, excited for big things in 2024. Um, and as a part of that, as I was just trying to think through, what do I want to make our my 2024 about? Um, I was watching the national championship game uh, a few nights ago. Um, congrats to the Wolverine fans, if I have any Wolverine fans out there. Um but I was listening and I've always been uh, interested in leadership and how to continuously improve in leadership. And for me, I believe coaches um, at different sports are, are uh, some of the top leaders that we have as they get the absolute most out of their players. And so, uh, man, it's just so interesting that Jim Harbaugh, who just won a national championship and his brother both come from the exact same family. And as I was watching it, I don't know uh, if you caught it, but during the middle of the game, they talked about um, a phrase that their dad used to say to them all the time. And they were living, uh, at the time, the Harbaugh's were living in a one-bedroom apartment, uh, having multiple people um, share a room and everything else. Um, in the middle of that, their dad, every single night, would ask them, yeah, he would say, who has it better than us? And the boys would repeat, Jim and, uh, and the brothers would repeat to them, nobody. And I start with that because it really hit uh, it hit home. It's like, hey, how does it's so interesting and and that that two prominent leaders um, both come from the exact same family, and as they think back to their childhood and what their dad instilled into them, one of the things that they come back to is that that phrase that their dad said. And so I was thinking about that. The next morning, I woke up um, and I started re I started rereading a book called The Seven Essential habits of uh, influential people. And um, as a part of that book, it starts off uh, with um, one habit that that effective, highly effective people, sorry, um, effective people have is that they see their lens is through a lens of gratitude. Um, and just the way they, uh, the way that they look at life overall um, is through a different set of lens. And, and if you want to change your actions, you have to change the way that your lens and your outlook on life overall. And so for me is I just want to double down on having a heart of gratitude. Um, and the way that I look at life is in a way of being grateful. Um, as I start my 2024, uh, I just believe it's so important. We have every day, we have an opportunity to wake up and choose 
to look at the things that we could be frustrated at or choose to look at the things that we have to be grateful for. Um, and for me and for our company overall, we started on that um, with our company-wide meeting the other day, is we, we hope to choose a heart of gratitude. And it's a choice because um, at any given time, I believe that every single person that's listening to this can, can look at, the, at different circumstances that they have in life and choose to choose to be frustrated or they also have things in their life that they can choose to be grateful for. Um, and so as you look at the hard balls, as you look at people that are just effective leaders, they choose to look at the things that they have to be grateful for and they focus on those. Um, and they see uh, their lens in life is through a heart of gratitude overall. So that's not what our talk is on today. Uh, but I want to start with that because I think just heading into 24, that's something that has stuck out to myself um, that I'm working on and I would challenge you to work on it as well. So I'm really excited for our talk today, not only today, the next few that we're going to do. We're going to do something that we haven't typically done. Usually uh, the format is we have a guest on the, on the podcast um, and we talk, about, talk to the guest. Uh, and what we thought we would start off with this year is something that's a little bit different. Um, we get asked all the time how to effectively hire really, really good sales talent. Um, and one of the unique positions that we have as a sales recruiting company, we get to see a lot of companies that do it really well. And we get to see a lot of companies that don't do it well at all. And so we've started thinking through, um, and we put together some material on, Hey, here's our belief. If, if you're going to hire a sales rep, and honestly, this applies to a lot of different positions as well. But like, if you're, if you want to hire really, really well, here are the three things that you have to nail when it looks to hiring top talent. And, and what I'll tell you, nothing that you're going to hear today is going to be rocket science. Um, it's all fundamentals. It's fundamentals of hiring. And I would imagine that it, it would be very easy for you as you're listening, listening to kind of tune out and go, man, I already, we do a job profile. We have a search strategy, but like, I'm, I really want to challenge you to dig a little bit deeper into some of the different core fundamentals of hiring that we're going to talk through um, and really think through if you're doing it and designing it in a way that's going to lead to you hiring top sales talent. What I see far too often, um, I was actually talking to a, a sales leader the other day. He's like, man, we, a lot of, we just kind of go through the motions of hiring and, and we haven't been super thought out and intentional about how we're going to design our job profile, our search strategy, and our interview process to specifically uh, um, hire top talent overall. And so a lot of times it's really easy for companies just to get in the habit of going through the motions. But what I want to challenge you if you're listening to this and you're involved with hiring top talent is to stop for a second before you get ready to go hire and, and really think through and be intentional about designing a... Um, a hiring process that's going to attract the type of people that you want to attract. And in our company, we call that A players overall. And so as we go into this, I'm going to kind of walk you through, and I'll tell you, it'll be a three-part series. Today, we're going to focus um, on uh, the, the first piece of the equation, and then we'll have two other podcasts after this um, that are going to explain the other two beliefs that we have. But what I want to start with and what I want you to know is right now, it is easier than ever to fill a seat. It's harder than ever to fill a seat with an, with an A player or with top talent. And I want that to sink home and sink in because like 
Uh, it's easier than ever to just fill a seat. It's harder than ever to fill a seat with top talent, right? And so as we go through some of this, I want to really challenge your beliefs um, on what top talent is. And I think it's important to, to before we get started and, and go, hey, how do we hire them? Is to go, hey, who, what is an A player? And what do they think about overall? And how do we attract those types of people? And so when it comes to uh, who an A player really is, um, and what I'm going to speak in, I'm going to speak in generalizations. I'm not speaking in absolutes. The first thing that I would tell you about m- most A players, keyword most, not all, majority of them are happily employed. Okay. Um, they're in a job. They're really good at what they, especially when it comes to sales. They're in a job. They're really good at what they do. Their employer is trying to hold them. They're making good money today. Okay. And so you need to know that. Um, number two is, is most of the time they're passive. They're not actively waking up and looking through job boards and applying to 30 jobs daily. Why? Because they're happily employed and um, their employer is trying to keep them and they're focused on hitting their numbers that they need to hit uh, to be successful. And then number three, all A players, they're growth minded. What they want to do is they want to grow. If they're going to make a change, it is going to be because they have to experience growth overall. Uh, when I say growth, that doesn't just mean compensation. That can mean a lot of different things. But I can tell you, A players do not make lateral moves. They don't just move over if they do not understand how that's not how it's a step up for them. And so um, I want you to know that as we get ready to talk through a job profile overall, is that growth players do um, A players do not make lateral moves. They are extremely growth minded. Um, and it's worth it. It's going to be an investment in hiring top talent. Uh, it's going to cost money. It's going to be expensive. It's going to take time, um, but it's worth it. Think about it from a sales perspective. Think about your top performing rep. Is Are they worth uh, uh, extra money, extra time to sit down and design an interview process around them? Absolutely. So um, what we believe, now that we've identified who is an A player, we believe that there's three keys to hiring an A player overall. The first, uh, and I'm gonna kind of give you an overview of the three. What we believe the first one is you have to have a job profile designed to attract A players. Number two is you have to have a search process to attract the type of people that you've said that you want to hire in a job profile. And then number three, you have to have a solid interview process designed to attract and hire A players. And so we're going to go through all three of those um, over the next few podcasts. But today we're going to highlight and we're going to focus on creating a job profile for for A players. So if you're listening to this, I'm sure that you hear that and go, oh, we already do job descriptions. And what I want to challenge you on is I'm not talking just about a job description. Job descriptions are important for sure. And at the same time, what I'm talking about is you sitting down before you get started in the search and creating a job profile that all decision makers agree on. And so I think the first key to that is you got to define the role. This isn't like a fluffy three paragraph description of what the job is. Um, What what we encourage our clients to do is to define the role in bullet point form. We follow EOS and in EOS, everybody um, in our company, has a couple of different bullet points that they are held accountable for. And so what we challenge 
our clients um, and what we believe to do is when they get ready to hire for a new role, especially if they haven't hired for it before, put down in bullet point form what the job is and what they're going to be held accountable for um, overall. What's interesting and what we find a lot is that uh, you'll have multiple decision makers that are involved throughout the process and there's not alignment when it comes to this. And it's super important to start here because as you get ready to think through who you want to hire and the type of experience that you need, you have to truly understand what they're going to be doing in the job. So to give you an example of where it can go off from here is uh, let's say that you're hiring a new AE and one decision maker thinks that they're going to be doing uh, 70% of their leads are going to be coming from inbound and another decision maker believes that they're not going to get any inbound leads and it's all going to be outbound. Well, why does that matter? It matters greatly before you start the search because those are two different types of people that you need to hire um, in general. And so uh, I believe it's super important to really define the role overall of what you're looking for. Number two is compensation. Um, a lot of times we have companies that come to us and are like, yeah, we'll kind of figure that out as we go. I would encourage you to kind of sit down and go, hey, for what we're trying to hire, what compensation makes sense for that role? Um, and that will also determine what type of A player you can get. I can tell you, not everybody can pay um, at the highest rate for their industry. I understand that. And that doesn't mean that you can't find an A player. It just changes who the A player potentially would be that you're going to look for, depending on the compensation overall that you can pay. Uh, can pay. Next. Um, on this uh, same sheet of paper. And, and as we talk about job profile, I encourage like put it on pen and paper. It's fundamentals. Put it on pen and paper on, uh, on one sheet. Define the role. Figure out what the compensation is. Third is figure out um, the right who that you're looking for and the right seat. The right who I would say is, is uh, you need to be very crystal clear on what your core value are. And so um, on that sheet of paper, if you haven't done this already, think through the values that you want this person to have. Um, and, and for us, that's company-wide. We have core values overall. I would encourage you to do that as well and put them on a sheet of paper because if this person doesn't fit those core values, you shouldn't hire them in your organization. Next is the right seat. And when I say the right seat is uh, what what type of person are you looking for that can fill the role that you're hiring for overall? And so when I talk about right seat, the different things that go into that are, um, how do you want them hardwired? For us, we use an assessment to figure that out. So before we even get started on a search, we try to figure out what we want that assessment to look like from a hardwiring perspective. Two, the type of experience that you want to hire. And that is, uh, there's so many nuances to the type of experience, right? When we say experience, you can just say, oh, they need to have two years experience. Two, what, what does that actually mean? Two years experience in that industry, two years experience in the workforce. Um, uh, you need to, to very, uh, be very articulate in how you define the type of experience of exactly who you are looking for. What matters, what doesn't matter, right? Like uh, if you're selling a service, do, is it important that they've been selling a service or can they have been selling a product? What's the size of the company 
uh, is if, if you're a really small company and you're hiring your first AE, is it important to you that they come from a smaller company opposed to a big company? Why does that matter? Well, at a big company, they're probably going to have a lot more resources than they're going to have at your company. And so really putting a pen and paper to exactly what you're looking for from an experience perspective and an intangibles perspective. Next, once you kind of define, hey, what is the target? Like, what is the bullseye of exactly what you're looking for in it from an A player overall? Um, well, real quick, before we move on, I also will say when it comes to right speed and when it comes to experience, I would remember, and I, I tell all clients this, A players don't make lateral moves, right? And so if you're coming to me going, hey, we need somebody uh, that's going to be doing the exact same thing that we've been doing here for seven years previous, and they're just going to come over and bring over their business, and we're going to pay them market rate, which is not a step up. Um, I would look at that and go, hey, how does this make sense? Like, why would an A player, right, not somebody that's been average or below average, make that move? Because they will. Uh, C talent will make lateral moves over. But if you're looking at people, you're looking to hire people at the top level, why would somebody at the top level make a move over to you if everything that you've descripted in the role, the compensation, and the experience that you want a lateral move? If it is, I would challenge you to rethink through the experience that you are trying to hire. And so um, we've got define the role, compensation, figure out the right who and the right seat from an experience perspective. And then the fourth thing that I'm going to talk to you about that you need to figure out in a job profile before you start the search is the candidate value proposition. We have in the previous bullet point, we've defined the A player that you're looking to hire exactly from an experience perspective and everything else. And so um, now what I want you to do is go, hey, if we get that person on the phone, right, why would it make sense for that person to make a move over? What is the candidate value proposition? How do we want to not sell the person on our opportunity, but like, how do we want to attract that person um, that is happily employed, that's in a job? What are going to be the selling points overall of why it would make sense for them to make a move over here? If you can't figure out why it would make sense, then something's off in your previous bullet points. Okay, so now we've got now we've defined the candidate value proposition on why it will make sense for the, the A player that you've defined to make a move over to your company. The last thing that we need is we need a team commitment. We need a commitment from everybody on the job profile. And so what we encourage our clients to do is now that you have all of this on pen and paper or on your computer in one document, have all decision makers that are going to be involved in the hiring process sign off on this. This is probably the biggest key in the uh, everything that we talked about today, because what we see all the time from different clients, you'll have three different people that are involved in hiring a person and they have all three have different ideas on one, what the role is, two, what the compensation is, three, who they're actually even looking for. So it's a moving target across the board. And so uh, for me, if you do a job profile and you do it really well, Everybody, it gets everybody on the same page. If people disagree on it, well, at least you figured that out up front and you've got to work through that together to all get on the same page before you start your search. If you start your search before you do that, it's going to waste the candidate's time and your time and the decision maker's time is expensive overall. And so why not do the work up front before you start on the search and get everybody 
to sign off on it. That's a fundamental. What we're just talking about is nothing really probably new for you, but far too often companies make mistakes of not taking the time up front to really think through um, the role, the compensation, the right who, and, and why it would make sense for that person. And it burns them in the long run. If you do this well, it will set yourself up for success in the search process. And then even as we go through the third step in the interview process, um, it will help you design an interview strategy to attract the person that you're going to want to attract. And so I just believe um, that doing a job profile really, really well um, will enhance your hiring strategy overall when it comes to hiring a talent. So uh, that's the first role. We'll be going over number two, which is the search, and number three, the interview pod, pod, uh, um, in the next few podcasts. And I'm excited for you all to hear about that as well. Thank you so much for your time and have a great day. 